0: Well, today we're going to conclude our three-part series called Living Generously. Turn to your neighbor and say, live generously. Proverbs 11 and 25 that we've used for the last couple of Sundays says that the generous will prosper. Interesting, right? You know, you think if you give a lot, you know, you won't have a lot. But the wisdom writer says the generous will prosper. And it goes on to say those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Well, so far we've talked about living generously in the area of grace and giving. And today we're gonna talk about living generously in the area of gratitude. Yes, in four days it will be thanksgiving. Incredible that this day has snuck up on us, right? Crazy, but in four days it will be thanksgiving. We understand that to be a day that is set aside for giving thanks. And I want to tell you that this is my favorite holiday. Out of all of the holidays in the year, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Not because of the turkey and dressing, not because of the family, not because of my favorite pie, but because of all of the reasons why I have to be thankful. Now, I have a lot of faults, and there are always people around that want to point them out to me, but I want to tell you that unthankfulness is not one of them. That's not one of them. I strive to live my life every single day with an attitude of gratitude. I do my best every single day to practice thanks living, not just being thankful on one day out of the year, but I have learned and I have learned how to practice thanks living, learned how to be thankful every single day. And I want to challenge every one of us here today to live generously in the area of gratitude, both to God and to man. Let me just ask you the question this morning, how long has it been since you told someone thank you? I don't know, but it just seems to me that that's kind of going out of style today. And I ask you, how long has it been since you told someone thank you? How how long has it been uh, since you wrote a special thank you card or you did something special for someone just to say thank you? Let me ask you this morning, how long has it been since you had a time with God where you ab- asked God for absolutely nothing, only spent your time thanking him? Well, today I want to remind us of three things. It could be 30. How many are glad it's not 30. I thought I'd get an amen out of that. If I didn't get an amen out of anything else, I thought that one would bring one amen. But today I want to remind us of three things we should be grateful for. And the first thing I I want to suggest today that we ought to be thankful for, and that is we should be grateful for our past. Grateful for our past. In Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 5, Moses reminded the children of Israel, He said to them, he said, for 40 years, he said, I led you through the wilderness. And he said, yet your clothes and your shoes did not wear out. Isn't that an incredible miracle that for 40 years, the children of Israel marched around in the wilderness and their clothes and their shoes did not wear out. Now, now if you think that's a miracle, I want to tell you there was a bigger miracle than that. The bigger miracle than that was that Moses convinced the women to wear the same things and have the same shoes for 40 years. Moses was reminding them of God's faithfulness in their past. We need to pause and give thanks for our past. Thank God for past provision and past Protection. Thank God that he has preserved us and kept us all this time. Well, I want to suggest three things in our past that we should, give thanks, we should give thanks for. The first thing we should give thanks for in our past, and that is we should thank God for the people. The people in our past. Proverbs 17 and verse 17 says, a friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time I, I could literally stand up here for an hour and tell you about the people that God has placed in my life down through the years that have helped to shape me into the man that I am today. Some of you would thank them. Some of you would blame them. I love the story. I've told it often, but I love the story of the old rancher that saw a turtle sitting on top of a fence post. the old rancher said to the turtle, it's obvious you didn't get up here all by yourself. Yesterday, I went to the memorial service of a dear friend, uh, one of my early ministry mentors. His name was Perry Cowan. Much of what I learned about family, much of what I learned about marriage, much that I learned about finances, I learned from this man. And it was wonderful as I knelt down before his widow and I was able to tell her that the things that you guys poured into me years ago, now I am pouring them into other people. And so, Perry, and your ministry continues even after he is gone. None of us get to where we are. None of us become who who we have become without the help of other people. We need to understand that we are standing on the shoulders of those that came before us. And so we should be grateful. We should be grateful for our parents. We should be grateful even for our siblings. That's kind of hard sometimes. We need to be grateful for our spouse. We need to be faithful or, uh, thankful and grateful for our friends. And hey, hey, we need to be grateful for the people that took a chance on us and gave us our first job or gave us our first opportunity for ministry. I was thinking just even this morning as I had that in my notes, I began to think about The people in my life that gave me the opportunity to minister in my early years, you know. I kind of thought I was a gift to them, you know, because I was a little bit, you know. I've always been pretty confident. And, you know, I thought, man, I'm really being a blessing to them. But when I think about some of the things that I said and some of the things that I did in my early years of ministry, I need to be grateful and thankful for those guys that gave me an opportunity to preach when I couldn't preach. Thought I could, but I couldn't need to remember those people in the past that have helped us to get where we are. Those people that gave us our first assignment, our, the people that believed in us when nobody else believed, that gave us an opportunity when nobody else was stepping up to the plate to give us that opportunity. Hey, we even need to be grateful for, for the people that have been less than nice to us, and yet, and yet their contribution to our life has brought value to us. Not only should we be grateful for the people, but also For the places, the places. In 1 Kings chapter 17, the prophet Elijah prophesied a three-year drought. And God knew that the king would not be happy with a prophet that would shut up the heavens and no rain would come and a drought would come for a space of three years. And so the Bible says that God hid his prophet for the next three years. The Bible says that God sent this prophet Elijah, sent him to specific places. Say specific places. Yeah, God sp- sent him to specific places. First, God sent Elijah to the brook Kirith. And then the Bible says that God sent him to a widow who lived in Zarephath. I want you to notice these verses. Verses three and four. God says to Elijah, he says, first of all, he says, hide by the brook Kerath." He said, because I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Feed you where? Anywhere? Go anywhere, do anything, I'll take care of you. No. God says, go to the brook Kirath, he said, because I have I, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And then verse number nine, God said to Elijah, He says, Go to Zarephath and dwell there. Dwell where? Anywhere? No, dwell there. He said, I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. So, we should be grateful for all of the places that God has led us to. Now, these places usually represent different seasons in our life. Because God is a God of seasons. Do you understand that? God is a God of seasons. And each season has a different purpose. As I look back at the different places that God has led me to, and to a couple of places, and I'm not really sure God led me there. I think I might have just made up my own mind and went there anyway on my own. How many have got a few of those places in your life? But in each place and during each season, God did something specific in my life. And I learned something different in each place. I will tell you that not all of the places where I have been were pleasant. Not all the places that God sent me to were easy. I've, I've shared this with you recently, but my wife and I uh, have lived in the basement of a church. That's a fun place to live. Uh, my wife and I lived in a literal shack, and I am not exaggerating at all. It had a, had a, uh, a carport that was uh, sided with cardboard and hog tin, if you know what that is. Uh, we've lived uh, in a shack owned by the church. We, we've, we've lived with our, with our baby boy in a 27-foot travel trailer traveling all over preaching revivals. We've had a little and we've enjoyed a lot, but I am grateful for every place we have been. Because the fact of the matter is we are who we are today because of the people and because of the places, but also because of the problems. You weren't expecting that one. James chapter one and verse two through verse four, James writes, and James says, when troubles come your way, he says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For what? What you talking about, Willis? Whining, yes, but joy? When trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Really? Really, James? Are you sure? Why? Why, James? Well, he tells us in verse 3, he says, for you know that when your faith is tested, he says, your endurance has a chance to grow. And he says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, he says, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. See, what we need to understand is that the problems of life may not be fun, but they have a purpose. They serve a purpose, and their purpose is to grow us. Their purpose is to mature us. See, the fact is, we could not face what we are facing today if we had not faced and conquered and overcome the problems of yesterday. See, see, a weightlifter cannot lift 300 pounds until that weightlifter, first of all, has lifted 100 pounds. And through the process, uh, you know, as their muscles grow, then eventually they can grow, they can lift more and more and more and more and more and more weight. The, the the truth of the matter is for me personally, the problems, the problems that once knocked me off of my feet in my early years of ministry don't even phase me today. I mean, things that would happen to me and I'm just almost packing my bags. I'm out of here, man. And I think about those problems today and they don't even, they don't even phase me. I mean, they may phase me for an hour, maybe for two hours and then come on. You know, uh, been there, done that, bought, bought the t-shirt, man. Why? Because of the problems of the past. The problems of the past have grown me and grown my spiritual muscles and grown me in, in maturity so that today the things that yesterday would knock me off of my feet, today today, I might even just shrug off and I might even laugh about today and think, oh, is that all you got? Yeah, we should be even grateful for our problems because our problems serve A purpose. Talking about living generously in the area of gratitude. Well, not only should we be grateful for our past, but also we should be grateful for our present. Yeah, we should be grateful for the present. Romans 8 and 28, one of my life verses, it says that God causes all things to work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his. Purpose. I want to remind you of three things about this verse. First of all, God doesn't cause all things. God doesn't cause all things. God doesn't cause all things. Sometimes God causes things. Sometimes the devil causes things. Sometimes other people cause things. And most of the time we cause things. God doesn't cause all things, but he causes all things that do happen to us to work together for our Good, yes, I say it often, God can use the good, the bad, and the ugly for our benefit. He did so with Joseph. Even Joseph said to his brothers who abused him, How many know that Joseph was abused by his brothers? Did God abuse Joseph? No, God did not abuse Joseph. But God used the abuse that Joseph had from his brothers. No, God did not abuse Joseph. His brothers abused him. But Joseph said to them, when it was all said and done, he said, you meant it for evil. You're a bunch of, you know, you guys are a mess. You guys are messed up, man. You guys really messed me around. You meant it for evil. That was your motive. You meant it for evil, he said to his brothers. He said, but God, God used it for my good. And not only for my good, but for the good of the entire country at that time. So God causes all things to work together for good. Does he cause all things to work together for good for everybody? No, no. He only causes everything that happens to work together for good for those that love him. God uh, causes all things to work together for good to them. Say to them. To everyone? No, to them. To them what? To them that love God to them that love God. So only God's people have the promise that is contained in Romans 8 and 28. But the third thing I want to point out is God causes all things to work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to. Say it called according to. Called according to. According to what? According to his purpose. See, we forget that it's his purpose. Not our purpose, but it's his Never forget that it's God's purpose that counts. God's purpose is most important and it's God's purpose that will eventually prevail. Now, we may or we may not understand what God is doing or what God is allowing. We may or may not understand because God is God and we are but flesh, we are human, we are but dirt. But listen this morning, we should be grateful for the present for what is going on in our lives in the here and the now. First of all, we should thank God for where we are. Thank God for where we are. Proverbs 20 and verse 24 says, The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? Just understand God is God's the director. And he's got this thing under control. So don't question every little old thing because the Lord directs our steps. So if the Lord is the director of our lives, then why do we try to understand everything along the way? So, so this tells me that whether or not you're in a good place or a difficult place, there is a lesson to be learned and there is an experience to be had that will help prepare us for what is ahead. Here's what we need to understand this morning. That is, we need to learn to appreciate where we are on the way to where we're going. See, for most people, it's always that next thing, that next thing, that next thing, that next thing, that next thing. And we wonder why we haven't gotten to the next thing. Well, we haven't gotten this thing yet. Until we get this thing, we're not going to get the next thing. And so we need to learn to understand that God is doing something today in the here and the now. And we need to get, glean everything that God has for us today because, quite frankly, we're not ready for tomorrow. We're not ready for that next thing because we haven't even dealt with the thing that we are dealing with today. So learn to appreciate where you are on the way to where you are are going. And don't forget that you are where you are as a result of your own choice or your own series of choices. You don't like where you're at today? Well, let me tell you who to blame. Look in the mirror. I I know you wanted something fuzzy and ooey and gooey, but I'm I'm helping you. If you don't like where you're at today, if you want to know someone to blame, look in the mirror. Because you are today the sum total of all the choices that you made in your life. If I get any help this morning. Amen. So, so remember that you are where you are. Whether it's your job, uh, whether it's your marriage, whether, it, whether it's where you live. Whatever it is, you are, you are there today because... Of your choices. Maybe some other choices that other people have made also figured into it. But you know what? If you go way all the way back and peel all the layers off, you'll find out that it goes right back down. But who chose to have those people in your life? None of this is in my notes, so I think the Lord's trying to help somebody right now. Amen. I I love this verse. I love it. Proverbs 19 and 3 says that people ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at the Lord. Now, people blame God because of what is happening or not happening in their life, and that what is happening or not happening in their life is the result of the choices that they have made in their life, but but, but they want to blame God talking about being grateful for the present. We should be grateful for where we are, but also for where we aren't. Man, don't just thank God for where you are. Thank God for where you are not. 1 Peter 1 and 5 says, We are kept. Say, we are kept. We are kept by the power of God. I asked you this morning, where would you be today if God had not saved you? Where would you be today if God was not leading and directing and guiding your life? What would your life be like? Let me ask you this this morning. What has God kept you from? What has he kept you from? Now, I can't speak for you, but it's for me. I have absolutely no desire for the world. Now, I didn't say I didn't have the desire to act like the world sometimes. I'd really like to give people a piece of my mind sometimes. I really would. I, I mean I'm, I'm human like you are I'm not but, but, but as far as the things that the world peddles the things that the devil the, the, the devil has uh, I have no desire for the world I have no desire for the things uh, uh, of this world Satan has nothing that I want and I don't feel like I've missed anything of true value because I have chosen to live my life according to the teaching of the word of God See, see, the psalmist said in Psalm 84 and 11, he said, no good thing will God withhold from them who walk uprightly. I'm not, you're not, if you're serving God, you're not missing out on any good thing. And the psalmist said, no good thing will the Lord withhold from them who walk uprightly. And I would say to the psalmist, amen, amen, amen. But then I would add to what the psalmist said and then I would say, but he does withhold a lot of bad things. I can't speak for you today, but for me, I'm grateful not only for where where I am, but I'm also grateful for where I am not. Quite honestly, and I've shared this with you before, but if I had my way 16 and a half years ago, I wouldn't be standing here this morning uh, because I would have chosen an easier path. And you look around if you're new and you say, well, who in the world wouldn't choose this? Well, it didn't look like this. And I will tell you, 16 and a half years ago, if I had my way about it, I wouldn't be standing here today. I would have chosen an easier path. But I want to tell you that I am so glad that God knew some things that I didn't know. And I want to go on record to say that I'm thrilled to be where I am today. And to tell you that I have never been happier in the place and in the time that God has, has me in today. See, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing Don't despair Hear me Somebody needs to hear this morning Hear me Don't despair When things don't go The way you want them to go Don't despair Don't become discouraged When the doors That you want to open For you Slam shut in your face I can remember as we were looking for a new ministry, and I can remember every church that I sent a resume to, I made the top two or three of every single one. Made the top one of a couple of them, and then something happened at the last minute that changed things. All it was was that God God had 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 another plan for us, and it was here and not somewhere else. Don't despair when one door shuts for you because, because I'm telling you, that, that just might be God sparing you some things. See, there's some things there. Oh, it looks one way. It looks a certain way to you, but you can only see what you can see with your natural eyes. But God is omniscient. He is all knowing. And perhaps there's some things on the other side of that door that you're not prepared for. Maybe there's some things on the other side of that door that you're not qualified for. Maybe there's some traps set on the other side of the door that have been set there by the enemy and you know nothing about, but God sees them, and God knows them. And just at the last moment, when you think the door is opening for you, all of a sudden it is shut right smack dab in your face. And you are despondent and you're in depression and you don't understand and you cry out to God and you tell God it ain't fair but you don't understand that God is watching out for you perhaps God is sparing you or perhaps he has a better door awaiting you that's about to open be grateful for the present Thank God for where you are and for where you aren't. But not only should we be grateful for our past, not only should we be grateful for our present, but we should also be grateful for what God is preparing for our future. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 2 and 3 says, this is what the Lord says, I will go before you. And I will level the mountains. I will give you treasures that are hidden in the dark, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord. And Jesus said in John 14, he said, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Jesus said that if I go and prepare a place for you, when everything is ready, Jesus said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you so that you can be where I am. Yeah, we should be thankful for what God is preparing for our future, our earthly future and our heavenly future. Real quickly this morning, I've got four minutes and 17 seconds, and then the bomb goes off up here. I should not say bomb in any public place today. Excuse me. In four minutes and four seconds, the platform will open and I will drop in it. That's better. Boy, it's a crazy day we live in it. All these guys walking around, these things, in their ears all play. They got their bullet in their pocket. And now I got three minutes and 42 seconds. Really, really, really quickly, let me mention four things God has waiting on us, four things he has prepared for us and is waiting on us out there in the future. First of all, the Relationships. 2 Timothy 4 and 11, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, hey, bring Mark with you when you come because he will be helpful to me in my ministry. Listen, be encouraged this morning. Why? Because God already has people in place for our next season. I said God already has people in place for our next season and these people will fill strategic roles in our lives and prove immeasurable in value for that particular season. Don't stress about it. God's already got them out there waiting on us. But not only do we have relationships waiting for us out in the future, but also there's the resources. Philippians four nineteen, Paul writes. He says, "My God shall supply all of your need according unto His riches in." Glory. We already talked about the fact that God God met the prophet Elijah's need at the brook. But eventually the brook dried up. How many know it always does? It always does. But listen, listen, the Bible says that when the brook dried up, God sent him to Zarephath, where God had already prepared a widow to take care of him. Somebody needs to hear this today, and that is when what we have is used up. And I don't care what you have today, the day will come when it is used up. But when what we have is used up, God has already gone before us and he has prepared the resources that we would need and they are waiting for us out there just ahead waiting for us in our future amen yeah the relationships the resources and also you're not going to like this one but the the resistance is waiting too Romans 5, verse 3 and 4 says, We should rejoice when we run into problems for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character uh, strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Here, I understand that, that, that resistance is not fun, but it is necessary for the growth and the development of our lives. See, see without resistance, we would grow lazy. Without resistance, we would become spoiled. Spoiled. Without resistance, we would become arrogant. Resistance helps balance us out. And the last thing that is waiting for us in our future, and that is the reaping. Galatians 6 and 9 do not grow. Tired of doing what is good At just the right time We will reap a harvest of blessing If we do not give up I'm telling you this morning A harvest of blessing awaits those That have planted good seeds And listen to me this morning It is both an earthly harvest As well as a heavenly harvest harvest. We should be grateful for what God is preparing for our future. The Bible says that eye is not seen and ears not heard, and it's not even entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Takeaway for the message today is this, and that is gratitude alters our attitude. I just don't believe that you can have a bad attitude while living with an attitude of gratitude. I just don't believe it's possible to have a bad attitude when you are grateful and thankful. Gratitude alters our attitude and our attitude determines our altitude. May we learn to live generously in the area of gratitude. Father I thank you First of all I thank you That I have so much to be thankful for So much to be grateful for But Lord there's a host of people That have even more than I have to be grateful for And Lord they, they, they just they don't, they don't pause They never thank you They grumble They complain It's never right It's never good enough It's never big enough It's never fast enough It's never nice enough it's, God I thank you That I learned long 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 time ago Lord, to practice thanksgiving, to practice an attitude of gratitude. Lord, to just be grateful and thankful. God, thankful for my past, my present. Thankful, God, for what you have prepared for me. Thankful for where I am, but thank you for where I'm not this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're so good. You're a good, good Father. That's who you are, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. Amen. Amen.